Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. A Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We are just two single girls trying to help you navigate dating well as Christian women. For our fifth and final installment. I think it's only four. Is it four? I don't know. No, oh, five. I think it was five. Five seems right. Yeah, our yeah, fifth right. installment of our Q&A series for the month of, what is this, July? Yes. It's been a very long month. It has. So, we're going to have three more questions today. One, two, three. And then, who knows what will happen after that. Just kidding, we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, y'all don't, but we do. <laughs> yes. So, let's kick it off. Okay. Bethany, what is our first question? Okay, so our first question is one that we're just going to kind of clarify something we said previously on. Um, we had someone reach out and message us, and she said, I've heard you both say that you're not supermodels, but our outer beauty should not be what defines us. Can you elaborate on that? And so we did want to come back and, like, we have said that um, and just kind of elaborate on that. We in no way think that anyone's value or worth or anything like that is resting on their outward appearance. We don't think that about ourselves. We nope. don't think that about you. I think the comments we had made, we were more talking about you shouldn't think that of someone else too in the context of don't have some ideal in your head that you're going to meet this guy who looks like... Zach Evron. Uh, okay, thank you. Okay, I don't know who... Yeah rattle off the list Ryan from Reynolds. okay okay I didn't really mean we need a list <laughs> sorry keep but going. whoever you know from the movies and then until you find that guy you're just gonna pass by all these normal quote-unquote looking guys and so we were making the point of you're not that either so you need to be realistic and I don't think we made that point super well we could have been more clear what we were really saying is you can't do that to guys either because if you're going to it's not reasonable for you to not want them to do that to you so we in no way think anyone's worth or value is wrapped up in what they look like guys or girls and I think that was more the point we were making is get outside your romantic comedy ideals and be realistic yeah and I think the stigma that girls really struggle with is oh well guys are just visual or they only care about what I look like or I have to look a certain way for a guy to want to be with me and so if that's the stigma that we're trying to overcome in a sense or trying to not buy into or however you want to phrase that you can't sit back and be like, okay, well, I don't want him to have that expectation of me, but I have that expectation Exactly. So that was what we wanted to try to clear up is it's a two-way street here. We don't want our worth to be defined by our looks as women. Therefore, we should not be defining a guy's worth by his no. looks either. Or like And we that, do a lot. Yeah, and we make... Guys s- just take a bad... They get a bad rap for it. We, girls in general, can do the same things. It's just not talked about and you don't realize it as much because it's not in the forefront of your mind. Yeah. Another thing I found, too, from my personal experience is that there are plenty of guys out there who are jerks, who really do look at girls and just look at the outward appearance. But that's not typical. They give all the other guys a bad name. But my experience has been a lot of that pressure we can put on ourselves because there's a perception that all guys think this way when all guys do not. If he's with you, if he's dating you, he's attracted to you. Absolutely. The well, end. Well, and, yeah, because I think in a way we can hear, oh, well, guys are visual and they care about our appearance. Well, everybody to an extent, like you, something about right. you is going to be attractive to them. But I think we need to be careful that we don't magnify it yes. to be a larger thing than it actually is. It, it needs to be proportionate to... Yeah. The importance that it actually has. Yeah. So our, I hope that 
clear as mud, right? But <laughs> as we always say, I know. but that was kind of the point we were trying to make is we say that from time to time that, oh, well, we don't look a certain way, but the whole goal is for you to see the other person the way that Jesus sees them. Yes. That should be your mentality. And to see yourself that way too. Yeah. Which yeah. is a whole other thing. We'll that talk we about talk that later. About <laughs> on another episode. But hopefully that clears yeah. that issue up a little bit. Yeah. I think that's more of what we were meaning when we said that. Yes, definitely. Okay. So what's our next one? Our next question is from a listener who asks, what are your thoughts on dating younger, i.e. dating in high school? I was really excited that somebody asked this because Bethany and I grew up differently in this sense of what we were allowed to do, not allowed to do, how young we were when our parents started to let us date. So I think this will be fun to kind of answer. I know for me, it was, my parents were not against us dating in high school. I had my first boyfriend when I was 14, 15. Uh And my mom... Well, really, my da- both my parents had the same mentality because they their parents did the same thing with them. They let them date in high school because my mom's mentality was, if you date while you're still in my house, I still have a say and I still have some control over you as far as when I let you go places, who I let you go places with, where I'm letting you go. We could talk about these relationships and it's not just, okay, you're not allowed to date and then I'm releasing you to the world at right. 18 for you because I think she'd seen some other people that... Sometimes it works out great. Right. Other times people are like, I've never been allowed to date, so I'm going to go date everybody. 40 million people. Exactly. <laughs> so I personally, th- I liked the way that I grew up with it mm-hmm. because, and I did feel like I could go to my parents with questions as I was trying to navigate this. Like, is this normal? Or how did y'all handle this? Or this is what's happening. What should I do? Or if I want to break up with him, what do I need to say? Right. You know, and navigating that with your parents. Now, granted, not all teenagers are going to want their parents' opinion. That may have been different than yeah. unique to me <laughs> also. But I am not against it by any sense of the word. But I do think if you're going to date in high school, I think the parents need to be very involved. Yes. Um, it's more of a direct control thing than an advisory role. Right. It's, I'm allowing you to do this, mm-hmm. not, okay, I think this is a good, like, yes or no, you are allowed to or you're not. Mm-hmm. You can go here, but you will be home by now. Like, yes. it's a very tight leash. Mm-hmm. And for crying out loud, half the time, they're probably going to have to be driving you themselves. Exactly. Uh, so I think it, if, yeah, I think that needs to be a tight control thing, especially in high school. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I would say, for me, if I were, if my kids? Yeah. Definitely not earlier than high school. Middle school? Yeah. No. Middle school, um, you have crushes. That's what I was going to say. You can have a crush in middle yeah. school, but it's definitely not something that, as a parent, I would say is a good idea to push and encourage a lot. Acknowledge it. Talk about it, but don't make it this big thing. And then, yeah, in high school, navigate that. Now, I was more on the side of we weren't allowed to date in high school, and it was from the standpoint of like, okay, the purpose of dating is to evaluate each other and get to know someone for the purpose of eventually marrying them. You're not going to get married in high school. So why pursue this? So I under, I understand Mm -hmm. the, I get that mentality and I think it's, it's helped me and served me well now. And how I approach dating Mm -hmm. as an adult, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a boyfriend your junior year of high school. I think it depends on the kid. 
Mm-hmm. I think it depends on the kid they're wanting to date. Oh, yeah. I think, it. you know, my my thought would be get to know that family. Have little Johnny and his <laughs> parents over for dinner so you can get to know his parents. And just be intentional about walking through that with your children. Know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it w- and yeah, foster that sense of come talk to me about this. Yeah. You know, talk to them about when you were dating and when you like yeah. create that shared uh, experience of like, I've been through this. I know what you're probably thinking. I get what's probably going through your mind. Mm-hmm. I mean, for our kids one day, we'll just be like, hey, here's this thing called a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Go listen Go to listen it. To it. <laughs> well, and it's been interesting, too. For me, my sister is 19, and she and her boyfriend, they it'll be three years in September, which is crazy because I've never even been in a three-year <laughs> But they started dating in 10th grade, and but to see, like, okay, like this. But my parents, like you were saying, they got to know Dylan a lot, and he spent a lot of time at my house, and they've gotten to know his parents. Mm-hmm. And it's been cool to see... And they probably hang out with each respective family more than by themselves. Yeah. Well, and I think yeah, in high school, that's a good thing. Whether you're the parent listening or you're the high schooler listening, dating in high school should probably look a lot like hanging out at one or the other's house mm-hmm. with their parents there. That should be a given. Not yeah. by yourselves. <laughs> Hear me. We are not advocating that. I'm just saying that is what that should look like, not going off by yourselves all the time. I just think there's wisdom in having that accountability, having people there. Like we say, for us, don't date in a bubble. Well, it starts there. Yeah, and making the effort to get to know each other's families is important at any stage, but especially at this age, I think it's super important. Yeah, and keep it casual to the extent that you're not going to get married junior year. No. You Just, think you are exactly. going to be so ready to get married by the time you graduate high school. I look back now, if I had married any of the guys I dated in high school, with the exception of one, one of them turned out to be like a pretty decent like human being. Human being. <laughs> but the rest of them would be like, oh, dear gracious, thank you that I did not. And there were guys my mom didn't let me date right. that I wanted to. Right. And there was that sense, too, of, mm, nope, try yeah. again. This is not happening. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I think it's, as long as it's an involved yes. cir- situation, circumstance, I don't see a problem And if it. you're listening and your parents are those involved parents, trust me, you will thank them later. You will. You don't think you will now, and you probably have heard them say, you'll thank me for this later, mm-hmm. but hear it from someone who is not your parents. Yep. Who has been there. You will. They're not just trying to be mean and ruin all your fun. No, I promise. No, nope. but we get it that it <laughs> we feels do. that we, way. Uh, yes, I totally I get it. remember that, but you'll be glad. Yes. You get a lot smarter in about four or five years. Yes. <laughs> Exponentially. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's move on to our next question. All right. Last question. Okay. This is from our friend Matt. Hey, Matt. Hey. Um, <laughs> that sounded really weird. I'm sorry. Hey. I just caught me off guard. I didn't know we were going to say that. And I He's was probably laughing. Not it's paying fine. attention. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So Matt's question is, when should friends step in and say, this guy is not the right person for you and you need to break it off? There's so much to this question. Um, I got a little bit of pit in my like the non-confrontational <laughs> just, side of me just had a huge pit just, in my stomach. Okay. I think there's a few. Let's kind of break this out. There's a few things to this first, and then we can talk about the specifics. I think. Okay. The when, I think, is determined based on one, how well you know this friend. Yes. Two. Definitely. How much time have you spent with said friend 
and this significant other who's not right for them? And three, how well do you communicate in an objective seeming way? Because if you come across the slightest bit judgy, harsh, jealous, (sighs) insecure, fill in the blank. Fill in the blank. It will not be received well. So you have to be able to communicate objectively, calmly, and truly convey that you're doing this for their best interest. And again, that goes back to the other two. If you, you know this person really well, the friend, they're going to know that about you. And two, if you have spent a good bit of time with them, then they know you truly have some evidence behind what you're saying. Yeah. Well, and I think if you have had this type of conversation before, not necessarily about a relationship, but if mm. you've had to have a hard conversation with this friend yeah. and it's, you've been able to work through it, uh-huh. I think is going to You've got a base a there. Bit yeah. better because like, Hey, we've worked through this before. I've brought this issue or they've brought, you know, issue I to love you. You yes. know, I care about you. Like, I want what's yeah. best for you. Right. But this is concerning to me. And yeah. you can even, I would, that would be the first thing I would say is when you are having this conversation really think through how you're going to phrase things and don't start coming with accusatory language Mm -mm. or stating facts about them that aren't necessarily facts because this is all from your perspective yeah i think if if you posture it from the standpoint of hey these are things i've noticed and they are concerning mm -hmm. instead of you need to break up with this person yeah right off the bat right off the bat there may be a point in time where it gets to that yeah but Right off the bat, don't start with that. You, it's one of those things where you want to tell them this and then make them think it was their idea yeah. to end it with the <laughs> exactly. like. You kind of want to work it around that well, way. If you're really close with the person too, like I think if I would have had this conversation with Melanie, for yeah. instance, I would have been able to say like, "Hey, Mel, I know what you've been praying for and mm-hmm. looking for for so long, and it's yeah. this, this, and this because we've talked about it right. several times. What I'm seeing, and it may not be what you see, mm-hmm. but what I'm seeing is this, this, and this, and that's not lining up with what I know you want, right. and that is concerning me a little mm-hmm. bit. And if you present it that way of, oh, well, this isn't just concerning to me. This isn't lining up with what you, you say you're want. looking for. Exactly. And even if they don't agree with you right away or make the decision, You've done all you can do, and it's up to them to think through it. But I think well, it's there's... not your job to make the decision for them. No. It's to get them thinking about it. And you're going to bring things to the table that they haven't noticed because, one, they're not objective. No. Like, And you're not really either, but you're a step removed in that mm-hmm. you can be more objective. So it may be that you say something and they don't see it, but you've said it. And now if you're accurate in what you've noticed, when that thing pops up, you're going to be in their head they will be like, oh, this is what Kristen was talking about. Mm-hmm. And they'll see it more. So I think it's more of just yeah, bringing information to them that they might not notice as opposed to saying, you need to end it with this person yeah. right off the bat. Definitely. As far as when to do that, like I say, it depends on how much time you spend with them. How well do you know this other person? Did you know the person they're dating before they started dating them? Mm-hmm. If you did, then you kind of already have that built in. Do you know them better than they do? Do you like, did you just meet them consider. when they first started dating? You got to give it some time. Mm-hmm. I think if that's the case and you've got to have some face to face interaction with that person, because honestly, if you haven't done that, your reasoning for saying, Hey, I think you should break this up. is probably not valid anyway, Mm-mm. because you've got to truly f- see for yourself patterns. You've got to see red flags. You've got to see those things. And I think one instance of something happening for the most part does not necessarily, that may be a red flag. It doesn't merit It's not a pattern of behavior that warrants a breakup. Mm-hmm. If it happens multiple times, maybe then it becomes a pattern. You can talk about it, but that takes time because mm-hmm. you're not going to see something happen consistently without time being involved. So yeah. 
It's a tough one. And I think if you're in those early stages, as far as you haven't spent a lot of time with this Mm -hmm. person, or even if your friend is coming to you, maybe you've never met the guy, but she's talking to you about some things and you're hearing, you're like, I don't really know about this. Right. Start ask by questions. Just, yeah, so I was about to say, ask questions and get them kind of talking about it. You be curious, and but more in a sense of, like you said, getting them to verbalize right. what they're thinking, what their concerns might be, what they might be missing if they're not, let, if it's not clicking right away. Yeah. And, the, and then as you have asked questions, you've had a chance to kind of gather yeah. something so then when you do begin to spend time with them you're more informed and it's not just a oh hey my friend said this and now I'm concerned and I'm going to go in with this preconceived judgment <laughs> yeah. of this person before I even meet them well, that's not fair either. I think there's a couple of questions that I usually ask regularly to someone who's dating someone new and I mean regularly as in you check in and you ask them because mm-hmm. I mean I've done this to you. I've done, like, I ask, are there any red flags? What are you seeing? Mm -hmm. And at first they're going to say, oh, no, there's nothing. It's totally great. Wonderful. (laughs) And that's perfectly normal. But keep asking that question. Mm -hmm. Like, there's nothing. Like, you're good. But then also ask them, what do you really like about him? Because sometimes it's not necessarily that there's something bad, but are they just caught up in having someone? You You want someone to be able to verbalize, these are the concrete things that I really like about this person that line up with what I'm looking for, with what the Lord has called someone to be. Concrete things, not mm-hmm. just... Oh, he makes me feel good and he's really nice. Yeah. That's great. Wonderful. I, that's awesome. I'm so happy that you like this guy. Yeah. But why? Yeah. And if they... It, and not right off the bat, but if it goes on very long and they cannot verbalize why, then maybe start pressing a little. I think mm-hmm. this needs to be the kind of thing that doesn't go from zero to a hundred. It's a steady increase in pressure of like, hey, I want, I'm kind of, you know, you're my friend. I care about you. I'm going to hold your feet to the fire a little and say, here's what you've said you wanted. Like you were saying, how does he fit that? Yeah, that's uh, a good way to ask it. And if you're good friends with this person, the first conversation about this stuff is not going to be this conversation of this isn't right for you. You need to break it off. You're going to have lots of little conversations leading up to this one that says, hey, I really don't think this is a good thing for you. But you have to spend time with your friend. You have to spend time around the person they're dating. And then you've got to be able to come at it from a very seemingly objective place of I really just want what's best for you. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is I think if you just go into this conversation and whether you begin with this or end this, just saying something along the lines of, you know, I love you. You know, I want the world for you and regardless of what you do I'm going to still love you Mm -hmm. and I am going to have your back if you need me and I am going to be supportive if this is what you feel like God is leading you to do moving Mm -hmm. forward because that's not my decision to make but I wouldn't feel right if I was worried about this or concerned Mm -hmm. about this and I didn't bring it to you because I don't feel like that's what a good friend would do. No it's not being a good friend. No and it's being honest and if they are really, truly your friend, they're going to respect that. Mm-hmm. And it, sure, it may not feel great and there may be some tears or there may be some frustration and whatever, but that will pass. We're all grown ups. Yeah. Hard conversations have to be had. Yeah. And I guarantee you, they're only scary on the front side. Yeah. Once you get into them, you're good. You're fine. And then once it's over, you're so glad you did. And more mm-hmm. than likely, you're going to be a lot closer to the person that you just went through that with. Yeah. So. Well, and I yeah. just have so much more respect for my friends who are willing to to challenge me a little mm-hmm. bit and to call me out and not just, I need oh, that great no matter what. Yeah. Especially 
this may be just me, but especially if something's going really well, that part of me kicks in that's like, I'm missing something. This can't be this good. Mm-hmm. Like, there's got to be something else. And I need my friends to come alongside and either say, you're freaking out about nothing. <laughs> Chill. That's normally what it is. Yes. <laughs> or they say, I need someone to say, hey, yeah, you're you're on the right track and mm-hmm. that's probably an issue. Yeah. And so work within that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You'll be very glad you did, even though it's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. So don't avoid the conversation. No. Don't rush into it, though. No. Think it through. Know what you're going to say. Write down bullet points on your phone. Yeah. If you you need to. to. I've done that. Like, any hard conversation I have, I have a list. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't want to forget anything. I I sometimes write them out in complete sentences. Oh, wow. Like, I'm prepped sometimes. I'm impressed. You really should have been a lawyer or something. I I know. I really do kind of want to go back to law school. I think that would be so cool. You could totally do it. Bethany was trying to negotiate our lease earlier. She doesn't even live here. (laughs) If that tells you anything. Just trying to look out for my friends. She's the best. Okay, guys. Well, that's our Q&A series. That's it. This has been super fun. It has been really fun. I'm so glad we should do this every summer, I think. We should. I think that's Uh, a great idea. But we will be back. Actually, we'll be back on Friday. On Friday. Because we're kicking off CouchCast for August, and the first Friday of August is Friday. Yes. So, we've got some really fun stuff planned. It's going to be a little bit out of the ordinary, a little different from what you're used to with CouchCast. So, you definitely want to check back, and the month of August is going to be really fun. Yeah, for sure. But until then, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Looking for the Middle.